back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. And here we are, other side of Memorial. It's officially summer. We did yeah. it. Yeah, put away uh, the the winter clothes. I'm sure that won't come back to bite me at any point, but that's all put away. Uh, we are in another you know, part of the summer where, you know, sometimes you got to record podcasts on off, on weird off days. So that's where we are today, Marlo. How are you yeah. doing? Um, doing well. Doing well. Just get back in the flow of, of the week after the uh, the holiday weekend, the Monday off, which makes, yeah. seems to make for a longer week somehow. Uh, but <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, it does. It, it feels like it does seem longer because the days are weird, and you're like, oh, it feels like it should be Thursday already, but it's only Wednesday, even though I didn't have a Monday. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but here we are on an actual Wednesday recording. You'll probably hear this on actual Thursday, which probably feels like a Friday. <laughs> we might as well take off, take off Friday, make it a little short week. Uh, speaking of things getting back uh, in the swing into normal, Marlo. I had an exhilarating experience this week. I went into uh, my work office, and mm-hmm. the mask mandate had expired in my city. And we were allowed, uh, as vaccinated individuals, to not wear masks in the workspace. And like I said, it was exhilarating. It was probably the nerdiest thing I've ever been exhilarated about. Like, but it was something else. I don't even. It's so weird to even try and describe. I can one hundred percent understand. Um, we, I had a similar experience here in Dane County, the massive, the massive ran, ran out. Um, and it's actually something I have been dreaming about Casey, but I walked, I went into the gym and for the first time in a while, like we were able to rip those masks off. There was a hoot and holler, uh, a lot of clapping and honestly, a lot of people I hadn't seen faces before (laughs) who, (laughs) who have been members of the gym. So Yes, it was a it was exhilarating um um feeling and you know it's and actually like today was kind of felt kind of weird at points like just walking in without it but yeah you know we're getting back to it yep yeah there were times where I went up to go to the printer and just kind of like got an instant to reach for my mask I was like oh wait I could just go and I would go it's like two cubicles away like I wouldn't yeah. pass anybody like you know, I would either way and nobody's you know most of the uh, People are still working from home, uh, but I would still put the mask on. And I just there was times for that where I'd re- go to reach for, it or you know, I'd be walking down the hallway, going to the cafeteria or something, and see somebody's face and be like, "Oh yeah, that's right, I can see people's face." <laughs> so ho- turn the corner. Hopefully, you know, that's a continued sign of things to come. And we've kind of seen this in, in sporting events too, as fans come yeah. back, which I think I'm going to end up talking a lot about today. Um, you know, seeing people in the crowd at first, it's a little jarring seeing them kind of crowded together. Masks off, uh, but you kind of get used to kind of feeling like things are hope- getting back to normal, and hopefully they continue to be that way. But kind of start of summer, end of mask mandates felt like it was a little bit closer to normal than it's been in pff, year and a half, year and yeah. a quarter. So here we are, um, F Memorial Day, summer masks list. Let's go. All right, let's start. Let's go with some Badger news, Marlo. It's a, I think a good thing we're recording on Wednesday instead of instead of Sunday because I don't think we would have had any of this news uh, here. Uh, the Badgers have uh, hired the replacement for um, Barry Alvarez. It is Chris McIntosh, um, which, once again, Marlo, another job posting uh, for the University of Wisconsin. Our joint application was denied. That's, I, I mean, okay. Didn't even get, I, you know, I want to, it would be nice to have just an interview. 
Yeah, just, I mean, I'm sure the only update was literally that our podcast had been been on the internet for a little bit longer. <laughs> At least on my end, he, he might have yeah. done other things to update yours, but that was the only update on my end. Uh, apparently, that wasn't <laughs> enough. But uh, Chris McIntosh is the man uh, for the job, and seems like possibly the most Wisconsin esque pick for the job. Uh, and I think there's nothing more than I guess my my view of it is it's just kind of essentially continuing Barry Alvarez's kind of. Uh, take to be an athletic director. Like it, it just seems like the perfect type of guy. Played football at Wisconsin. Played in the NFL. Football guy. You know, done other things outside of uh, the football field, but kind of that that football centric. You know, great leader. That's what you see in Barry Alvarez. I think that's what you're going to see out of Chris. Yeah, super. A very Wisconsin. Uh, very a very Barry pick. We you know played O line at Wisconsin. What what more? <laughs> what else would you want at? Uh, as the athletic director at Wisconsin, um, but yeah, it's a it's, you know it's a change of the guard, uh, change of the guards this time. It, it'll be interesting to see his Chris's take on on how to handle things or what kind of you know power in the room. I think you know, I think the most interesting thing about Barry stepping down was you know he wielded or I don't know if he wielded or demanded a lot of you know power and not just in the Big Ten but in the national uh, national picture too, right? Yeah. Um, so I just I'd be serious to see how that carries over to Chris, or and how he, um, if he inherits that, or if he has to work for that, or you know where that comes in. But you know, congratulations, Chris, on your on your new job. Yeah. If you have any high level positions available, see our previously submitted resume for your job. Yeah. We're we're open. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess as Chris comes in, uh. I, Another Badger leaves. Uh, recruiting director Saeed Khalif uh, leaves for, I think, the same position at Michigan State. Uh, and maybe you know a little bit about more about this, Marlo, but this is one of those positions that I look at where as somebody who doesn't understand recruiting at all, uh, maybe I should you know look into it a little bit more, but it's God, you just get down to the weeds and then you're, you know, anyway. Um, Probably has a lot to do with the success of you know caliber players we brought into uh, the university, the type of players who are going to come in and play you know, Wisconsin football, Wisconsin basketball. Um, so he's on his way out. Probably a much bigger loss than I can even kind of, I guess, anticipate or understand from my knowledge of recruiting. Yeah, no, I. So yeah, what I've read about is this is a big deal. But I don't know. I I too don't know the ins and outs of exactly, you know, what that pertains. The the name, the the, the title makes sense. Uh, Director of Player Personnel and Recruiting. But at the same time, I don't yeah. I don't know exactly what that entails. And so, um, I'm kind of I'm I'm at loss too. But everyone that knows a lot more than me seems to say that this is kind of this is a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So. Bummer. Yeah. Dang it, Michigan State. Um, you know, I think the good thing that we've seen with Wisconsin, at least kind of in the coaching ranks, let's say that's a little bit more visible for to, yeah. to me. Um, you know, when we lose, you know, high-quality candidates, let's think like Chris Wilcox or something like that, um, Gary Anderson, just kidding on that one. Um, <laughs> we're able to replace quality candidates with quality candidates. Hopefully we'll have another opportunity to replace uh, Saeed. 
uh, here in the director of recruiting. Uh, but before he left, he did win one final recruitment um, landing <clears throat> Clemson transfer running back Shea Maluzzi. I honestly haven't heard his name said, but run it a lot. Um, former four-star, went to Clemson for one year, uh, accumulated 427 yards in uh, 20 games. That's uh, with a six-yard per carry average. Um, what do you think of, I guess, the final win for Saeed and uh, what Shea will bring uh, to the backfield for Wisconsin. Yeah, well, um, this will be great. I think you know it will it will bolster it. It will add some depth. Is the word I was looking for. Thank you. Add some yep. depth to a position for which was very shocking to us last year. Didn't have much of it, um, right. and so you know between um, he could play right away too. Right? Yeah, yeah. We're still in that. You could play right away yep. in this transfer. So yeah. It will be, yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting. He come, obviously comes from a, a great program in Clemson. Um, we can use words like he's a winner. He's been there before, and yeah, I'm excited. Excited to see what he can, what he does in the field. I mean, he was behind um, Etn, right, uh, at, at Clemson yep. the whole time. So, is he going to be able to kind of step up and and be a featured back? Right where they just flood it with talent, or is he going to be another guy that kind of mixes in and, and but can be productive for Wisconsin? So, I, I think either way, usually when you get a good running back in into Madison or even a decent one, um, what what we've been able to do with with at that position, um, this should be he should be able to excel. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and it's was actually kind of a, a sneaky place of need for the Badgers. You talked about a lack of depth last year. Well, that got even lighter, I guess, with Groshek um, not returning. You know, got the mullet cut and went... Went all corporate. I was going to say professional <laughs> and, and do, went corporate. There we go. Uh, Nikaya, Nikaya Watson uh, transferred. I think he went out to Cal? San, he went out to some... So he went out west. The young man went west. Uh, so really we were returning Jalen Berger, who... You know, had flashes of greatness last year, but you know, at Wisconsin, you don't ask one running back unless they're Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Taylor to carry the load. Um, then behind him was Ozick. I forget. How, I always forgot to say. Griendo, is that I how think, you say? It? I think it was close enough. Who? Yeah, close enough. Um, who? Again, he had similar flashes, but just didn't seem reliable enough to be that second down back. And then a bunch of people who you know. Names I don't really recognize. So, you know, kind of younger players, a couple freshmen coming in. Um, so I think this was a sneaky place in need for the Badgers to sure up for next season. And really glad they did and bringing in, you know, we always get really excited when Wisconsin, when Wisconsin wins uh, recruitment of a four-star running back. Because while we've had great running backs, they're not always the highest recruited, not always necessarily starting out with the hot, the, the most talent uh, to get a four-star coming in. even albeit off of a transfer, is really exciting news and kind of bolsters that backfield. And you, you kind of look at Wisconsin and their history of having great running backs at the same time. You know, you look at the Melvin Gordon, James White, Monty Ball years. Like, we were able to figure that out, get guys touches, get guys to produce. So can never have too many running backs in that backfield. But I think we just added a really, really good one, so that's really exciting. That's it for Badgers. Any other Badger stuff? No, I think that's it. Yeah, that was a and lot of us. Literally, I think all happened within the last <laughs> yeah. year or two. So. Good, good on us. Always, always being in front of yeah. the news. 
now we now we we got on the backside. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so two in, one out. Let's talk about some other movements, and let's go something a little bit closer to Badgers. Let's stay in the NCA. The big news of the day, again, just today. <laughs> Both of these next ones were announced today. Holy cow. It's almost an emergency podcast to talk about these things. Coach K announces his retirement. Um, he will be retiring after this season, so he's given it one more go, one more round. Um, Marla, what were your initial thoughts to Coach K announcing his retirement after the 2021-22? So it's so Coach K to just be like, oh, I'm gonna do his like farewell tour, uh, yeah. uh, you know, type of thing. So yeah, I think, in all seriousness, we could kind of kind of see it coming. The last couple, I mean, mm-hmm. this was a, this was a trying year, or the last two seasons have been trying just because of the the situation, yeah. but. I don't know. It was, was like Coach. I mean, Coach K kind of didn't ha- didn't see that f- that same fire, um, I, and obviously it, it had has been tough. Uh, again, like it's been a tough season. So I think the writing was kind of on the wall. Is it'll be interesting to see what this last year is. I don't I don't know what they have coming in as far as talent. Um, you know, it, it was a very very down year for Duke last season. Are they just going to mm-hmm. be able to reload, or is this? Is this Coach K being like, yeah, I can't play, I can't be in this game anymore? Because you know, like Coach K, he he's been around for a while, but the way he transitioned his style of recruiting um, mm-hmm. from you know having the four year players you know, molding a team of that was mostly seniors to getting the one and dones and being able to win with them um, is actually kind of you know remarkable to kind of to stay with the ebb and flows of college basketball and be successful. Yeah, uh, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, that I guess you have to give him credit for that. He can give him credit for lots of things, right? He's won multiple national championships. Um, I agree that writing was kind of on the wall. He figured it was coming, um, but I I, I kind of look at it and go, so he transitioned to the one and done. But then you look at the last two years, I guess, yeah, three years, mm-hmm. right? And the one and dones weren't the teams that winning. It was Virginia <laughs> with a senior-led class. It was Baylor with I, I, they weren't necessarily seniors, but uh, you know a transfer-led yep. class. And I think you know Coach K kind of looked at it and goes, "You look at la- looking at last two years, the one and dones weren't the ones winning it." And I think he kind of looked at it and go, "I don't know. Am I really going to adapt again? Am I going to stick with this?" Um, and I, I, I bet the COVID. Year coaching. I mean, every every sport talks about how challenging that was. I mean, it was challenging for everybody. But you know, specific, speaking specifically about sports, it seems very challenging. So it doesn't surprise me that coming out on the other side, uh, they're doing that. I, I, I'm interested to see how the farewell tour goes because um, I'm sure every, let's say, administration or every f- opposing coach is going to be, you know, give them the Derek Jeter treatment, you know, give them, hopefully they don't give them gifts and stuff and whatever they did for, for Derek Jeter on his tour. Uh, but I really hope fans being back just boo the crap out of them the whole time <laughs> while they're doing some sort of you know, announcement or ceremony or tip of the cap to him on his way out. I just hope, you know, all this fans just light it up and, and boo the crap out of them. I don't think they will, but God, would that be funny? At least North Carolina. At least North Carolina just when they're like, congratulations, Coach K on his five thousand years coaching at Duke, and they just are 
you know, booing the whole time. I think that would be hilarious. That would that would be hair. <laughs> that would be funny. I would, I would participate in that. I wonder what the they already did the draws for the Big Ten ACC challenge, right? I don't know who got Duke, um, but let's go. Yeah, there exactly. Move. I was about to say whatever totally, it is, well, wherever it is, we just go and boo. ACC Big Ten, just go and boo. Challenge. But I, th- yeah, I think it'll be more of sediment. You know, maybe the the North Carolina, maybe the Wake Forest of the world, but, you know, he's going to get gifts. He's going to get showered everywhere he goes. It's going to be anno- even more annoying than, than normal. I think I, I go back until, uh, do you remember the Gene, the Gene Cady farewell tour back in the day? I think we were, we were in school. And, yeah. like, how he got gifts everywhere and it was just really annoying. That It's going to be it's gonna be very similar to that in my mind. Yeah. I don't think they have the matchup oh, no? set yet because I think they need to do the preseason, the preseason okay. stuff. Because uh, I'm just I googled it and then the, the stop story is who should Syracuse face or who could Syracuse face. I'm not really interested <laughs> in that. So, uh, all right. So we don't we don't know yet, but um, we're definitely gonna go yeah. wherever it is. Definitely gonna go. Um, the heck out of it. I'll never get forgive him for. I'll never forgive him for 2015. No, so no never forget. Be glad to never boom, forget. boom wherever he goes. All right. Uh, so it sounds like John Shire yeah. is going to be the replacement. Yeah. So of all the coaches who came and were assistants <laughs> and went through, I guess Jason Capel's got to be like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Could give you a heads up. <laughs> Sat there for years, and then I finally leave and get Woj. my own gig, and, and then you leave. Yeah, Woj, who yeah, left, flamed out Marquette. Yeah. I mean, and then they give it to Shire. Um, I mean, maybe he was the anointed one all along. Who knows? And that's why those other guys left. But God, I, one, I can't imagine filling those shoes, and two, I can't imagine a bigger drop off um, than this. I guess North Carolina is doing a similar thing where they're bringing in Mike Davis, right? Is that isn't it something Davis? Um, Herbert Davis. Herbert, Herbert Davis. Yeah. Um, so a former player coming in with limited coaching experience, never really run a program on their own. Um, so I guess, but Coach K's has bigger shoes to fill than Roy's. You'd think? And North, and North, well, North Carolina's had the yeah, Dean right, Smith yeah, came, yeah. and then they had, you know, Doherty didn't really go well, so they've had like a... They had another try to guy. So they've kind of had a little bit of turnover. Coach K has been there for, like I said, 5,000 years. Yeah. And now you got 33-year-old Shire coming in. So I don't know how their fans are going to handle the transition. I, like, what is it? What if he goes 500 in the ACC? What is that going to look like? I, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how much rope they give him, how much patience they give him. Um, Although I suppose bringing somebody from the program in house is more palatable, because I don't even know. Like I always thought maybe Brad Stevens will talk about it. And a second might be an option there. Obviously he's not, um, but I think you would need a name of that caliber, right? A name of a Brad Stevens, a coach, you know, a, a Roy Williams. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on coaches' names here. Um, who is the coach of Kansas? Oh my God, I'm out of basketball season right now. Self, self, Bill Self, Bill Self coming in like somebody like yeah. that. But I don't think anybody out there like that is moving to replace Coach Duke. So it's going to be really interesting to see how big of a step down on that is, and if he can succeed at any level close to Coach K. Yeah, 
Fun fact, my brother played against Shire in high school. So Nice. One degree of separation. We could basically get tickets. There you go. Pretty much could be an assistant Pre- coach. Send the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and then, once he flames out, we can become head coach of Duke. I like how we're always a team. It's never just, we never want to. We, we would be the head coach of. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we would go. Yeah. Have to sit next to each other on the bench. Yeah, That'd be fun. Be great. I had a lot of fun when I was on JV. <laughs> I sat on the end of the bench. This is why I didn't play in varsity. Um, sat on the end of the bench. I just had a lot of fun sitting down there, knowing I'd never really get in, shooting the shit with the other guy or two who knew they were never going to get in. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. You get your little sweat on in the warm-up. You had your fun, and then just, just kind of yeah. hang out. I was very important on the practice squad, though, You know, simulating what the other team was oh. going to do. That was that's always the best is when you get to be the guy in JV you get to be the guy that jacks the ball up like who who always has a green light on the other team during that time you're just like I'm just gonna chuck it every time I got it. I always liked it when I uh, we were playing a team who played zone. We had a couple teams who played zone in yeah. our conference, and I always got to be the guy because I was kind of, I was lanky, um, but not like big enough to actually play a forward position I guess so I would always play the top of the zone and I just got to run around like a madman and jump up and down and not crazy that was <laughs> I like doing that I wasn't fast enough to actually do it but do it well but that was the best you know simulation I could have <laughs> when we were playing on the team's split zone so that was fun uh, anyway it's got to go on the resume I Definitely. think really enjoyable bench mate <laughs> It'll be like in the other skills, like proficient in Excel, really enjoyable <laughs> bench mates. All right, uh, other coaching moves. Another job we're not going to get. Uh, Brad Stevens, who I mentioned before, and I got a pretty surprising move, I think. So I think it starts with Danny Ainge retiring. He has some health concerns. The last two, three years haven't really gone, especially the drafts haven't really gone, maybe as um, the organization had expected. Danny Ainge is moving on. They promote Brad Stevens to president of basketball operations, no longer the coach. Uh, I found that very surprising. surprising. I I guess, one, because it's rare, right, to see a player, go, a coach go from that position to that high of a level of executive position. But two, in my mind, for some reason, I just assumed Brad Stevens was going to be the coach of the Boston Celtics right. forever. It just seemed like a fit. It seemed like it worked. I just, like... There's always rumors he'd go somewhere else. You know, you'd always hear him be connected to Indiana. As I mentioned, I, in my mind, connected him to Duke. But, like, it seemed like he was never going to get a better gig than being the or a gig that fit better for him, in my mind, than Boston Celtics head coach. So it'll be really weird him not being that. I guess he was there for seven years, which seems crazy um, that he was there for that there for that long. Um, sorry, something knocked over. Something on my desk. Uh but now he'll be president of basketball operations. He hasn't really done anything executive-wise before. He's a really smart guy, so maybe he'll probably be okay at it. I very surprising. So. Yeah, this is just weird. It's like the and then it's the day the day after they get eliminated. They're just mm-hmm. like, all right, Danny, I'm out. Cool, Brad. You want to like take this seat and not coach anymore? I don't. It's it's very strange. It's a weird. It's a weird story all around. Um, and I mean, obviously, they have more intimate conversations than we, we know about. And like you said, he's probably a smart guy right. that knows what he's doing. Danny Ainge, you know, could you, could you like you look back? I don't know, what was that ten years ago now, fifteen years ago? How he was like he 
seemed like a genius putting together like one of the first big threes um, that everyone kind of mm-hmm. emulate now and what he got away with and the draft capital um, that didn't turn out the way, like you said, but then how quickly that kind of ran out <laughs> as well um, um, with that. But yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a good run, right? Danny's going, uh, you know, going out says on his terms. Yeah, sure. Um, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what, what they have going forward. Cause Celtics have, you know, even with the moves, like they've had talent, they've been able to have talent. In it. Like they had, they got Kyrie on there. They had, um, before Kyrie was the, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah at like the height of Isaiah Thomas, um, you know, at the time. So they've been able to like gather talent, but they just haven't been able to put it all together the last, the last few years. I mean, um, yeah. Right. It w- it seemed like they had two of the three right. pieces, right? They were always searching for that last piece and they had the just didn't have enough draft capital. You know, they always had picks, but never like the quality picks to make that last move. And they just kind of hovered there at the very good level, but they always had the option to get that next thing because they always had so many picks from elsewhere mainly uh, from that from that Nets deal way back when, but <clears throat> will be a surprising move. It'll be weird seeing somebody else on the sidelines for the Celtics again. Just that's a me thing, probably more than a reality thing. Uh, and it'll be very very interesting to see what he does in the front office. He's just so regarded as such a high coach. It seems so strange to think he won't be coaching. Obviously, they're trying to emulate you know the Pat Riley model or whatever. I think. That's the I guess what you point to to be like. Look at this former coach who went on to yeah. formulate or create winning championships. Um, so I guess good luck to Brad, but not really too much good luck because I mean, be good, but hey, look at that! The There's another head coaching position open. Send in the resume. Yeah. Send in the resume. We have. Did you? Do we play basketball against anybody in that one? Or? No. No, no. Okay. Well, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be a long shot then. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of NBA, uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the big man injuries or uh, the games? Bucks Nets well, matchup. Why don't you get your Bucks Nets out of the way? All right, Bucks Nets. Okay, let's do it. Bucks steamroll the that Heat. Feel good. Did that feel good? Them four zero, winning by a million points. It felt so good, Marlo. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Mainly partial, well, partially because I was really worried going into it that it was just going to be a repeat of last year, um, but obviously it wasn't. The Heat weren't. Re- the first game was close because it was really a rock fight. Uh, Bucks won on a, a last second shot. Uh, I think the Bucks shot like five of thirty six from three or something insane like that, insanely terrible from three. I can't remember now. So long ago. Um, but they won that game, and then I think they won by an average of like 25 points over the next three games. Uh, just beat the crap out of the Heat, and it just God, it felt so good <laughs> just to to pound them because the Heat fans have been chesty since. I mean, getting to the championship last year was, in their minds, as good as anything. The way they talked up Tyler Harrow, the way they talked up Jimmy Butler, and then to just have that series go the way that it did. Uh, Bryn Forbes... Outscored Jimmy Butler in the series, sixty to fifty-eight. Tyler Hero was terrible. Uh, Bam Adebayo was terrible, and the Bucks just showed that. Hey, look, we did learn something from last year, which is kind of a, a concern with 
the Bucks and Bud because going into this series, the whole thing was he doesn't make adjustments. He has a system, and that just doesn't work come playoff time once the competition steps up. Now the Heat, I think we're just a year older, a little bit worse. They lost Jay Crowder. Um, didn't really replace – they replaced his minutes with, like, Iguodala, who's not the Iguodala of old. Um, and the Bucks just made – and the Bucks are a better team, mainly because of Drew Holiday. And I, all year I've been kind of crossing my fingers and going, I know the record's not as good. I know they're the three seed and they've been the one seed. But when it gets to playoff time and you can throw out a lineup with – Giannis, Middleton, and Drew as your big three instead of Bledsoe being that third guy. Then they add a guy like P.J. Tucker who can play well on both ends and adds a real toughness to this team that they might not have before. All of a sudden, Brooke Lopez, instead of being you know a main contributor, is a, is a luxury to have. And the team just fits so much better uh, as a playoff team. Maybe worse as a, as a regular season team, but better as a playoff team when the minutes count, the benches get shorter. Um, and it was good to see that at least through one series, right? And now we got the Nets coming up next, which is probably who probably now is the favorite to win it um, after we talk about the injuries in a moment. Um, is going to be a tough match, but I think the Bucks are as well positioned as any team in the playoffs and better than they have ever been to compete in a series like this. There's there my Bucks rant. Uh, <laughs> no, man, I, I, I'm I'm happy for the Bucks. I think the, uh, you know, went over the heat, getting that, shaking it off from last season, like you said, felt good. Uh, coming up against the Nets, feeling feeling good. I think the Nets in their first series, they were able to, to start to kind of mold, right? They hadn't been played together. The big th- their three hadn't played together mm-hmm. really all season. Uh, due to different injuries and whatnot, so it's really the first time they all got in there and they, they kind of got to work out with the uh, work out the Kings against a lesser opponent in Boston, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So I think there a lot of people are flying high on them because of that. Um, I obviously the, I don't the Bucks are not the Celtics; they are a much better team, and I think some of that it, it's going to be a little more difficult. Um, so it should be a better it should be a better series. I I'm not as high on the Nets as. You know some of the other um, talking heads out there. I think the Bucks. You know, I think the Bucks could pull it off easily. To be honest with you, um, but it, it obviously it's going to come down to how well those three kind of meld together, and can they? Is the ball going to be big enough when it comes down to it um, in this series? Because it's going to be a closer series than what they showed in Boston. Yeah, the Nets really didn't have a close game, which I guess is is because they're so much better. And look, the Celtics didn't have Jalen Brown. They they really had one and a half offensive players. Jabari Parker was playing like 15 minutes a game uh, for the Celtics. So, and if you just think like, okay, what what post player did the Nets have to go up against in that series? Tristan Thompson's the starting center. Like I said, Jabari Parker was playing minutes. So they didn't really have to guard the post. Now you have Giannis in there, you have Brooke Lopez in there, a lot more size with the Bucks. And who's guarding that? DeAndre Jordan, Brooke, or Brooke, Brooke Griffin. Blake Griffin. I was thinking Brooke Lopez. I was like, no, other team, mm-hmm. other team. <laughs> Blake Griffin. Um, it's going to be a lot harder uh, for them. And then you know, Middleton and Drew. I think a better 
combined offense than what Tatum had. So I think it's a definitely tough matchup. I like what you're saying. I just look at this Nets team and I go, look, when you go down to it in a playoff game and you have to go possession per, per possession, I don't want to go up against Durant, Harden, and Irving. Although if I had to pick people to guard those people, I think we have two of the three. Because if I had to pick somebody to guard, Ir- guard Irving, I'd probably pick Drew Holiday. Somebody guard Durant, I'd probably go Giannis. I think he's going to guard him, although maybe not with foul trouble. But then you got Middleton on him. That's tough. I I think, like I said, I'm not going to say the Bucks are a, a good matchup. I'm not going to say that. But I think they match up the best with what the Nets provide in the playoffs, especially with the injuries. Let's <laughs> talk about next. So let's talk yeah. about those injuries, Milo. All right. Tr- a couple big men going down in their last games. Uh, both of them missed... I guess two games ago, right? Both of them missed their most recent game. Uh, and, of course, we're talking about Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers and Joel Embiid of the 76ers, Milo. And I want to talk about it this way, um, and I hope you do too because I wrote it down in the show notes. <laughs> Who's in more trouble with their without their big man? Now, I, I should say, Anthony Davis has a groin injury, and he's day-to-day. Embiid has a meniscus tear in his knee, and his day-to-day, and it might be new or it might be old. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> take that, that what you will. Um, so I guess we, you have to take the severity of the injury and I guess they're, what they mean to their team. Who's in more trouble, and we'll phrase it as for their title chances yeah. without this player, uh, especially now since the city Skrizz are through the second <laughs> round. So it's not like they're going to lose their, their first-round game. Uh, but let's talk about as far as their... Um, Let's say getting to let's just say title yeah. chances. Um, this is it's kind of this is I thought when I, I thought when you first posed this I was like this is easy it's Embiid but the more I think about it, um, it may be Davis. Uh, you know, I, even with the Lakers having LeBron on the you know we saw what happened saw what happened last game them getting run out the court. Um, you know that's a that's mm-hmm. a. You know, that's the end of one. But at the same time, throughout the season, there have been times where LeBron was there and Davis was not, and, and things are going well. They're a number seven seed for a reason. Um, and a big part of that because, you know, Davis missed some good chunk of games there. Um, and yep. so I, they truly need both of them, Davis and LeBron, to be formidable. Where, yes, Embiid is important to the 76ers, but they do have other pieces and they can, you know, flow. Um, you, and win some games. Can they do a title with them? I don't know. But if we're if we're comparing them, I guess I would have to go Davis for that reason. Yeah, I th- I think right. Title chances obviously both are would be <laughs> severely yeah. hampered hampered by this. Um, that you look you can look, I look at this and I go Embiid's injury seems more serious. Yeah. So I want to say, I, so that leads me towards. He might be out longer. I want to say the uh, it's more so. It's their seventy sixers are in more trouble. But then I look at the current round, and the Lakers are down three to two. So I mean, I, that leads me to say it's more serious for the Lakers. Um, and while it is a seems like a lighter injury, the groin day to day than a possible meniscus tear, um, it's just another injury for Anthony Davis in a year riddled with injuries. Uh, and he's played so little getting back into the th- thick of things. I'm going to end up saying 
Anthony Davis is a more trouble, even with LeBron James, especially after their lackluster performance in Game 5. That was so... They were so checked yeah. out. It was, it was unbelievable um, to see. Because I thought we were just going to see LeBron's taking over. And LeBron's saying, I'm not letting this happen. We're going to get through this round and cobble it together uh, and, and win this series. They still could win the series, right? They only got to win two the, the next two games, and that's possible, but obviously much harder. Um, so I'm going to say uh, the Lakers with Anthony Davis. I think I should have I should have looked up the records of the 76ers without Embiid, but I think they've been pretty good without Embiid. No. Not great, not great, and obviously you'd rather have Embiid, but I think they've had an okay record without Embiid. So, all right, uh, other playoff stuff. Let's talk about quickly. Marlo, uh, Knicks lose. To the Hawks today in Game Five, Hawks win four to one. Hey, remember when we said this was going to be a good you, back and forth series? I thought <laughs> it was. I thought it was. I just didn't think anybody. I thought the Mecca, which again, awesome to have fans back. That place was rocking electric, even though they lost every game. <laughs> um, did they win one game? There, they won the first game, right? They won one game. I thought the. I feel like the one. No, they, they won, won one, one game. Yeah, they won one game there. All right, so I thought about this. I kind of thought about it. I don't have an answer. Okay, so if you give up the first game and then win the next four, right? It's a gentleman's Yeah. Okay, what if you win the first two and then win the next four, like the Clippers might do? What is that called? Like, what's the step up of gentleman's (laughs) sweep? I don't know. Is that a step up? Is that a... Hmm. Well, because you're being nicer. Interesting. Because you're letting them, because it's a gentleman's sweep, because you let them win a game yeah. and then you sweep them. So now you're being more nice than a gentleman. So it's like a charity sweep or something. Like it's a whole organization. Ooh. And then if you give up all three and then win the next four, that's like a Mother, Mother Teresa's Teresa sweep. I like that. Mother Teresa's sweep. Yeah. It's the best I can come She was very charitable. I can't come up with the second one, though. What's the second one? So what's between a gentleman <laughs> Mother and Mother Teresa in terms of charity and. Uh, I guess uh, niceness. I don't know. Let us know if, if I know we can come back to it. I've literally thought about it with this for a week. <laughs> I haven't come up with anything. Um, there you go. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, oh, Knicks. <laughs> I was wondering if the Knicks were a gentleman's sweep. Um, are you excited for the emergence of Trey Young? Uh, yeah, I am. I think it's, I mean, he's a fun player. He's a fun player to watch. Is he? Oh, is boy. he a fun player? Are we gonna do this? I can tell Casey doesn't <laughs> like his antics. I think he's a. I think he's a fun player. I like. I like the Moxie. Um, you know, that's just me. I think basketball mix, misses it. But uh, you know, I mean, even like just playing up on the on the court, like his level of play, this the sh- the shots that he can make, and also the uh, the plays he can yep. make at point guard. Um, you know, just even just distrib- yep. distributing the ball as well. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a fun player to watch, and I do like it. I like that he gets the stage, finally. I'm not going to do the old man complaining <laughs> thing. But I will say, if this was a different Knicks team, and it wasn't this like lovado- love, lovable Tibbs, they're finally back in the playoffs, the Mecca's awesome, This how cool is this? Knicks team, but it was like a normal Knicks team that's like, hey, they were a three seed, and they've like, been good mm-hmm. for a couple of years. And then Trey Young was doing this, where he's like mean mugging the crowd and tell him to shush. I would love the crap out of it, <laughs> but because it's this like upstart Knicks team, and I'm not annoyed yeah. with them yet, 
or I don't know if I will be because I don't know what the ceiling of that team is. <laughs> this might be it um, with Julia, a Julius Randle-led team. Uh, I would. So I'm a little down on the antics. Right? Otherwise, would be loving them. If he was doing this to like the Lakers, my God, he would be my favorite player. Got it. <laughs> so, all right, again. Uh, Bopan just got a bucket. Nice. Um, all right. Other things, uh, Utah and Denver, I just, I still, they're the same team in my mind. And they're both probably going to win their series. Denver won in double overtime. Utah, I think, is up 3-1. to one. Denver's up 3-2. to two. They should just play each other so they eliminate each other, and I know which is which. I don't know why. I think it's because they're like West Coast, not West Coast, but, you know, they play the later yeah. games and have a hard time catching them and, and, and they both have all-star centers and one all-star guard very similar too similar maybe maybe we'll figure it out before they both get eliminated well, probably not. not but that's all right all right uh clippers mavs are getting we're looking to see if it's the somewhere between gentlemen and mother Teresa sweep <laughs> on that one really the biggest 180 of a series i've ever seen because the clippers looked doa after the first yeah. two games they were done it was another, yeah, it was they were gonna another blow Clippers it all up. playoff flop. That was it was all yeah. over there. They were already writing it. Um, and then all of a sudden they win the next two. Luka gets hurt? Question mark. Who does? Oh, Luca. He has he has a a nerve injury. Yeah, what is that? Well, it's bothering him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Some reason I hate the Luca love. I don't know why. It bothers me. Some 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 reason. It Luka bothers love me. bothers you. I think this is what it is. He. How do I want to put this? In my mind, he's like I equate him with Giannis, right? Like because they're both very good. Luca's three years younger than Giannis, two or three years younger than Giannis, so they're not like at the same level. Giannis has won MVPs. Luca hasn't, but he's kind of seen as this kind of next guy, and I think Giannis is, while he's there, right, he's still going to be kind of in that same kind of, like, say, generation and the next guy. And Luca has literally zero expectations on him. His team fails, it's everybody else's fault. Granted, he plays well, but there's no kind of, like, negative Luca take. There's no expectation. He can't seem to fail in the media's eyes. Whereas Giannis, when his team loses... It's a failure on his part. It's very frustrating to see these two opposite views of players who are relatively similar in age and quality. And that annoys me. I think that's why. It's a fair point. It's not a fully fleshed out thing, but but that's the only thing I can point to and be like, this is why Luca. Yeah, I mean, you're standing up for your guy. Standing up for your guy. Who out there is anti-Luca? Nobody. Nobody. That's annoying. I am. I'm the one guy. I'm a, I'm a, you know, lone guy in a light pole. Light pole. What is this? Lone guy in a thing? Don't hold up a torch. I don't know. Whatever. I'm him. I'm anti-Luca. I'm over here. The one guy being anti-Luca. <laughs> all right. Anything else That's from the NBA? All right. That's it. That's NBA. It. I don't know. Are there other series? I'm not sure. Um, what was I going to say? I feel like I'm missing one that... I mean, we touched on the Suns-Lakers, but... I thought, yeah. I, I feel you, like the Suns uh, like, are so... Who so far, who can get injured? It's a contest. To see who can get injured. Yeah. Uh, Bucks lost. 
DiVincenzo for the playoffs, so that's way less impactful than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it exists. It exists. Um, yeah. If you had to pick a finals today. Pick a finals. Pick a finals. Who's in your finals? Oof, that's a good question. I guess. Or do you want to do who? Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, the way it's going. I could see... Damn, I could see the Clippers or the Sun. So let's just say Clippers on the West and then out of the East. Okay. I mean, I think the I think the Bucks will make it out of the East. Clippers, Bucks. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would love that because I mean the Clippers have to choke at some point, right? Uh, get win a Finals, get out of here. Um, I'm gonna go with Nets out of the East just because I can't bet the mm-hmm. Bucks. You know, reverse you know reverse curse and all on on the Nets there. And is it a reverse curse if you call it I out? I think so. Is that like a is it like a birthday wish where if you tell somebody your birthday wish? I'm no, no. I think it's I think it's better if you call it out. It's your verbalizing oh, okay. it. Then yeah. they know. Then you the know. spirits. Oh, know. Okay. Okay. Good. Thank goodness. Yep. That would have been bad. That would have been bad. I still don't tell people my birthday <laughs> wishes. All right. Uh, and then I'm gonna go. I think Utah. I'm gonna go Utah because they uh, they're up big on Memphis, so they're gonna get through. And like I said. I, I want to pick the Suns. I think the Suns would be so great. I think it'd be so fun to have Chris Paul in the finals, even though he does a lot of things that I hate that Trey Young does. Um, Booker, Frank Kaminsky's on the team. Doesn't really play, but he's on the team. It'd be so fun. Um, but it's hard to see them putting together. Lakers, just I'm just so disheartened by that game five, so I have to knock them out. Uh, and then Utah is the one with Jokic, so I'm going to go with them. All right. Because in the Clippers, I, Clippers, I just presume, have to fall apart at some point. It's just, they're the yeah, Clippers, it's just right? going to happen. Uh, Luca's just draining everything. Just He must have heard <laughs> me talking about him. And he's just made like three shots in a row. God. All right. Just so, like a bad takes exposed, like two minutes after <laughs> I said it. Unlucky. Unlucky by me. All right. Uh, that's it for NBA, I think. On to the NHL, Marlo. Are you in yet? Are I'm, you in? I'm not in yet. Where are we? Where are we? It's been great. We're okay. in round two. Um, I guess the most notable thing that happened in round one is the Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafed, and lost a 3-1 series lead. Uh, has to be, has to be the most tortured franchise in sports um they haven't won a title since 67 they're one of the preeminent teams in the nhl i think it's 67 uh don't fact check me uh they've lost i think their last seven first round matchups and in a sport that seems as semi-random as hockey yeah. <laughs> to lose your first round matchup sometimes in a row seems brutal and to do it in this series up three games to one to what i presume is their biggest rival the canadiens it's just brutal. Although the Canadians have uh, Cole Caulfield on their on their roster, who played the last game, uh, maybe the last two games of the series, and was pretty good. And was pretty good. Um, so that's I think the biggest story of round one. The second biggest story is the Avalanche are really good. 
They, I don't know what they did the first one. They beat the Blues. Nobody cares. The second round, their first game is against the Vegas Knights, who I think are supposed to be one of the other best teams, and they won 7-1. to one. And they're currently up 1-0 to, one to zero in game two. 7-1 to one in a playoff game. That's wild. Up by a touchdown. It's depressing that the Avalanche are good, because my, if you remember, uh, Marlo, my hockey, the first thing I remember of hockey is Red Wings yep. Avalanche. And I was living in Michigan at the time, so I love the Red Wings. And the Red Wings still suck, and the Avalanche are apparently the best team in hockey. So that's brutal. So can't root for them, obviously. Uh, I wouldn't suggest rooting for the Knights because they're going to get crushed by uh, Colorado, it seems. Uh, So then we got, in the Southeast Division, the Hurricanes versus the Lightning. Couldn't care less. Could not care less. I'm not trying to give you, you know, be impression on you, Marlo lead you a certain way. And then in the uh, Northeast, we have the New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins. That series tied 1-1. Game 2 was a fantastic overtime game. Um, oh, and the Canada is Canadians and Winnipeg Jets. There we go. Okay. That's where we're at. We're in the what's that quarterfinals. I think there's reseeding once we get to the semifinals. I think the top four teams, they reseed based on records or points or something. So I don't think it's necessarily going to be as the bracket looks now. So that's where we're at. All right. Did you pick a team? You the Avalanche? No, I can't okay. root for the Avalanche because they're well. First of all, you can't just hop on the the bandwagon team, right? They're the favorites, I think, at this point. Uh, can't just hop on that. I'm going out with Islanders. All right. I'm going with the Islanders. Can't pick a Boston team. Southeast previous rules described can't be a warm team. So then it's Islanders, Jets, or Canadians. I'm going to pick whatever Canada team wins if the Islanders lose. But I'm riding with the Islanders right now. All right. All right, we got our team. I couldn't name a player yeah, on their doesn't team. doesn't matter. You got a team. Cheering for it. I watched two-thirds of – no, I watched three-quarters of their game. I missed the first their last game. I missed the first period. The 20-minute intermissions get me, Marlo, every time. I can do a halftime. I get it. One halftime. The second intermission is just like, really? I got to come back to this? It's tough. It's tough. I don't know why. I can't get used to it. Now I gotta look at their roster and see if I if I know anybody. Let's click on their click on their name. Uh, New York Islanders. Very cool page. All right, that's NHL Marlow. I look at the roster and I'll let you know. All right, today. NHL is done. All right, now we'll go on to what everyone's been waiting for. Everyone's favorite. Uh-oh. Oh no! But I'm looking at the Ooh. roster. Well. <laughs> Here we Players. go. There we go. Players. All right, we can Casey's move on. I'm ready. corner okay. kick. Go. go, Casey. They got a guy named Clutterbuck. That's a great name. Nope. First read through. Don't know anybody. Awesome. Uh, all right, corner kick. All right, Marlo. We last weekend we had the Champions League final, an uh, all English final. Chelsea wins one zero. One nil, as they say, across the pond uh, against Manchester City. Uh, I guess the story for me, the story for America, not really the story of the game, uh, was that Christian Pulisic is the first American male uh, to play in, to be on a team that wins uh, the the Champions League or European Cup final or whatever it used to be called. Um, So I think... That in itself is significant. He got on with about 30 minutes left. Uh, I think he made an impact on the game. He had one really, he created one really good chance. Um, 
push it left of the goal. Uh, it was makeable, push it left of the goal. That would have sealed it, obviously, for, for Chelsea. They ended up holding on to win 1-0. to zero. Uh, Has kind of turned into a super sub of the team. Uh, I think I think he could be much more, what do I know, I'm biased. Um, but that was a historic moment. There was a really cool scene um, afterwards where they're take, getting their picture taken with the, the trophy. It's, you know, the big cup. And he comes up with his parents, and he has the Champions League uh, metal around his neck. He's wearing a USA soccer sweatshirt. Uh, his dad and his mom walk up. His dad moves the metal out of the way so you can see USA soccer, and he holds up the cup, and he's standing there with his parents, which just was so cool to see um, that kind of unfold kind of as you know a dad imagining that as a U.S. soccer fan seeing that. Uh, was was really really so cool. Um, so that was kind of the big to- takeaway for me. The game was actually really really good for a one zero game. Um, Man City poured on the attack. Chelsea stoutly defended and countered time and time again. And Gola Conte is a one man midfield and just soaks up so much pressure. Uh, wins so many tackles. Uh, it was just amazing in this game. Um, Havertz got the goal. It was a well-deserved goal. Not the biggest Kyle Havertz fan, but that's what happened. Uh, Manchester City, time and time again, came on the attack. They just didn't. They weren't able to create that final pass to get through the defense. It was a really good game, uh, played at a really high level, and you often don't get that in Cup finals. So that was really, really exciting to see. Uh, Chelsea seems to be Manchester City's kryptonite. Uh, they've played them three times the last six weeks. Once in the Premier League. Uh, once in the FA Cup semifinal and now in the Champions League final, they defeated them every time, uh, which is just an amazing feat to do for a team that was going for the quadruple to win every competition that they were in. They ended up winning Man City, that is, they ended up winning half of them. Um, so a, <laughs> truly their kryptonite and uh, just kind of the, the foil to Manchester City's uh, free-flowing attack. Um the Premier League starts again, and I forget, it's like 80 days or 50 days or something. They'll be here before you know it, Marlo. Uh, but we do have the Euros uh, starting next week, the 2020 Euros, which is really strange that they continue to call everything the year um, 2020 Euros. Like oh, the, yeah, like it was, tw- yeah, Tokyo the Olympics. Olympics are going to be the summer. It's still going to be the 2020 Olympics, even yeah. though it's this year, and they didn't rename it. So the it's the 2020 Euros is starting next week. Um, who you got? You got in the Euros, Marlo. It's all the big, the big name countries are the ones you would expect to be to be favored. Um, France, Belgium, France, France, Germany, England, France, France coming off a yeah. World Cup victory. They're gonna keep riding high. Yeah, I'm going to France. I'm riding with France. Is my guy still playing? Blaze uh, Mbappe. Was it? Oh, Mbappe, yeah. I think you're talking Blaze Matuidi. Oh, Blaze Matuidi. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> World yeah. Cup. I don't know if he is. Mbappe is. He started today in a friendly. Uh, yeah, he's still there. He's still there. He's going to be there for a long time. Um, France is good. I'm. I, for some reason, I still want to see England win something, but it's always fun <laughs> when they lose. I'm going to pick... Well, mm, I wanted. I want I was gonna say Belgium, but De Bruyne got hurt in the final. He got like elbowed in the face and he swelled up real quick. But I think he's gonna be okay. I'm gonna pick Belgium. They have so much talent um, in all levels of the team, um, and I hope 
I think this might be the tournament that that they finally win. So I'm going to pick Belgium to win it. Um, in yep. local news, Marlo, Ford Madison Uh-oh. FC remains Uh-oh. undefeated on the season. Another late game heroic. Oh, I didn't look up who the player was who scored it. Oh, bummer. It's like Bedman or something. Right winger. Amazing 85th minute goal. A pass comes out to him uh, just outside the box on the right right side. He's more on the wing. An amazing first touch to get the control. Just kind of roll. The pass comes through. He lets it go past his body. Rolls it with his right foot into his path. Cuts back on his left foot. Left footed shot. Amazing goal uh, to tie Fort Lauderdale. Marlo, you know it's tough to go down to Fort yeah, Lauderdale. Always and win tough. In. Uh, USL League One or whatever league they're in, <laughs> always stuff. Uh, it's really fun that it, it's just amazing that a team in as low a level as Madison FC, I cannot be in Madison and I can watch them on ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. And it's not terrible. Like it's not like the high school stuff. Like you know, you remember watching high school? Yeah, like, yeah. The camera shaky, the winds yeah. blowing and stuff. Like it's there's a legit announcer who's calling the game it's, st- it's one camera but they have replays and stuff it's really good and a lot of fun to follow and it's just really cool to follow be able to follow a club who you know i have some friends in madison who have season tickets and oh. stuff and, and they're all into it so Humble it's fun brain. to be able to kind of follow along with them <laughs> big friends <laughs> big friends with them. and they didn't play against anybody in high school basketball yeah. but uh they uh they go to madison fc games for madison fc so there we go that's that's there the it is Whew. there it is all right, uh, moving on then. So we got some throw-ins. Just throw-ins. Got some throw-ins. Um, your boy, Bob yeah. Baffert. Uh, his horse, bad guy. Uh, Medina yeah. Spirit. Is that what it was? The Kentucky Derby winner. Uh, confirmed tested positive. Now, uh, for a very, very minuscule amount of some sort of painkiller, right? That's what it ended up being. Um, and the, when I heard it described, it was like the level of arsenic that's allowed in tap water. This is like one tenth of that, or like it was way lower than that amount of arsenic that is allowed in tap water. But it's against the rules. It seems insane that it could be that minute of a level that you can have in your your the horse, not your the horse's <laughs> bloodstream. Uh, but he's suspended from the Kentucky Derby for two years. Um, Marlo, are you gonna defend your boy or what? I mean, it's it's a travesty uh, that. The test shook out this way. Um, it was a minuscule amount in the bloodstream. It's actually almost a negligible amount. It's not going to perform against anyone. I, I don't understand. I see appeal coming, uh, but you know, it's just you just it's just horse racing. You know, tighten up the rings around around. Uh, it's a it's a circle the wagon mentality. Yeah. Some say he was too yeah. successful, and they you know had to right. had to come after him. Um. Yeah, I couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah, at the end yeah, of the day, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because the triple crown's over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna care when the Kentucky yep. Derby happens, and then I'm gonna care when the Churchill Downs. Churchill Downs, the second one? No, that's where the Kentucky Derby is. What's the second um, one? The Belmont Six, or is that the third one? Belmont. When that happens, and if the winner of the Kentucky Derby doesn't win that right. one, then I'm out. Yeah, we've been here before. <laughs> that's my, that's my horse racing, and that doesn't change whether or not Bob Efforts there. Or not. Um, but there you go. All right, next one. Your boy Jake Paul. Again, more, yeah. all your boys. In the, 
the Thrones. He's back. He's going to fight some other retired <laughs> UFC nice. fighter. Um, millions of people are going to pay to watch this sham of a fight again, uh, including you, right, Marlon? Yeah, including me. I what are this? What is it? What are, what do they fight on? Is it there? Are they like the zone or something? Something strange? I think it's just, just pay per view, isn't it? Do you have to you have to pay? Know. Yeah, because it's okay. Well, well, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll figure it out. I'll uh, support support my boy, Mister Paul. I just don't get how this is interesting to anybody. The dude has like a bazillion like, followers. <laughs> like you get the you get the you get the followers, sure. And I guess they're like, look, he's a legit yeah. fighter, and they want to watch to show him prove he's yeah. a legit fighter. But then so many more people watch to see him get beat. But he's always fighting somebody who he probably knows he's going to be able to beat and isn't going to really give it 100%. I don't I know. Think, I mean, <sighs> the, to, uh, he's a retired UFC guy. The last guy, the retired UFC guy, like, shut up. Look, I've never been in a boxing match. I've never fought, really fought anybody. Been punched in the face a couple times, but never fought anybody. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was just going to roll it. I he's I yeah, never mind. All right, edit it out post production. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, the, the people who he fights, he takes it seriously and trains. It seems like everybody he fights doesn't, and it feels very apparent very early on in the match. So all the people who are tuning into it, like hate watch it. The same thing's gonna happen. He's going to win until he fights a real boxer, a real fighter who takes it seriously. And then he's not going to choose to fight that person. This seems very calculated and very simple, but every so many people watch it. Ugh. Annoys me. There we go. Jake Paul. All right, last one. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Oh, I have two more. Whoa. I have two more. I have training camp. Okay. Stat of the week. The Brewers played the Tigers. Four players hit multiple home runs in the Tigers-Brewers game yesterday. That's the seventh time four players have hit multiple home runs in the same game. Seven? That seems like a lot. It's never happened more. Five players haven't. But seven times, four players have, including three times in 2019. Houston Houston wasn't two of them, so obviously (laughs) asterisks. Obviously asterisks in those. Um both against Oakland. Oh, yeah. There so, you go. Yeah, there you for go. sure. There were at least eight home runs by four players. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. Training camp story. My favorite one so far. Uh, H.A. Dillon, running back of the Green Bay Packers. We're not going to talk about who's not training oh, camp. I thought we were going to talk about, about people who are. No, we're talking about who is there. Uh, he's named his legs. Well, this might have I don't know if he just named them or he's had this name for them, uh, but they are Quadzilla. And the others named the Quadfather. Okay, cool. Wow, there you what go. Story. It's a great story. Which one do you think the right leg is? Quadzilla or Quadfather? Quadzilla. I think so too. I don't know why, but that's what I was gonna say. That's it. That's all I got. You got any training um, camp stories? Um, no. 
This is, this is wrong. This isn't a segment. We're not going to talk too much yeah, about no, it. I don't have I don't have training camp stories. Still, you know, besides the one of, that you don't want to talk about. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. He's <laughs> in Hawaii, dude. Just, just chilling. I just want, I just want Aaron to be. He's a veteran. What is he going to do? What is he going to learn? All right, all right. We'll stop. There is it. That's it. That's it for the stories. Um, all right, that's it for throw-ins. Anything else? All right. That's all yeah. Well, that is going to do it for us. That's going to do it for us. Um, as always, you can find us at 132Breeze, myself at MarloJR, Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Casey, that's going to be it for me. Anything, any last words? Well, as always, fellow fans, until next time, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. <laughs>